Hello, I'm Mark Sweeney, and my absolute favorite Kaluan is Quirrell Docks, better known as the super genius of the far future, Brainiac 5. Kaluans are, of course, the super-intelligent green-skinned humanoids hailing from the planet Kolu. Despite my puny sixth-level intelligence, uh, I love reading about Brainy and his adventures in the 30th and 31st centuries with the Legion of Superheroes. But I'll tell you, I found the only thing better than a story with one famous Kaluan is a story with two infamous ones, especially if those Kaluans share Brainiac 5's family name, Docs. One such story is found in an awesome crossover from 1990 between the, the Adventures of Superman Annual Number 2 and Legion, that's L-E-G-I-O-N 90 Annual Number 1. The meat of the matter, the crux of these two linked tales, is the quest by Vril Docs. Brainiac 5's distant ancestor, to find and kill his father, also called Real Docs, but better known as one of Superman's greatest enemies, Brainiac. This is a comics recap type show, and these are two long comics, so I want to get right into it. I'll try to fill in some character details along the way. The Adventures of Superman Annual is the first part of this epic, and it's divided into three chapters, all written by Dan Jurgens, with different art teams illustrating each chapter. The artwork in this annual is absolutely fantastic. Now, DC annuals each year around that time uh, shared a certain theme or format. One year, each annual had a few who's who profile pages. Uh, soon they'd all participate in a variety of line-wide events. But in 1990, the only thing uniting the annuals as far as I know was the famous DC checkerboard stripe along the top of the cover. A uh, checkerboard stripe really must have made DC books pop out on the newsstand back in 1966-1967 when they were used, and now flipping through back issues, my heart always skips a beat when I can instantly recognize those mid-60s DCs. So this 1990 annual had that checkerboard stripe too, on a cover by Kerry Gamble, which shows Superman duking it out with someone, a, a dark-haired, dark-jumpsuited human who... Looks like he could be Superman's brother. While Vril Docs looks on. The cover copy reads Superman and the Son of Brainiac. Guest starring Vril Docs, Largand, no stranger to Superman history, and the rest of Legion 90. Chapter 1, called Quest for Vengeance, is illustrated as pencils and inks by Bob McCloud, and uh, his work has never looked better. Other credits include Bill Oakley on letters, Glenn Whitmore is the colorist, and Jonathan Peterson, Mike Carlin are the editors. We open up right in the middle of the action. Vril Docks, the younger, is hurtling to Earth in a small disabled cruiser with a young passenger named Largand. Vril Docks is the head of a galactic peacekeeping organization called Legion, which is an acronym standing for Licensed Extra-Governmental Interstellar Operatives Network. And it's easy to think of them as an outer space shield. Largand is a recent recruit and was ordered to accompany Dox on this mission because as a Daxamite, Lar has phenomenal Superman-like powers when exposed to yellow sunlight. Character Largand has had a long and complicated history, some of which I detail in episode 16 of Reboot Review, an occasional feature on which I talk Legion of Superheroes. Largand has a complicated future, too. Through some 
wild circumstances, young Lar will find himself trapped for a thousand years in a in a phantom-like zone till he's rescued by the, the Legion of Superheroes. But not before he's built up a legendary reputation as Valor, one of the greatest heroes in the universe. Now this story is of some significance to Largand, or Valor, sometimes Monel, as it's the first time, at least this version of the character, has visited the planet Earth, the first time that he's met Superman. Well, this cruiser that Largan and Vildox are in, as it descends out of control through the atmosphere, accidentally clips a passenger jet, and here Jurgens throws longtime Legion fans another bone. As we overhear the jet's mayday call, identifying itself as East Air Flight 247. Ask your nearest Legion fan for clarification on that one if needed. News of the in-air collision reaches the Daily Planet, and so Clark Kent makes his excuses and, and makes the scene as you-know-who. Superman guides the jet in for a safe landing, but there's no sign of the offending UFO which had crashed into the, into the ocean. Well, it turns out Vrildox's thrusters have malfunctioned, and so the cruiser is still technically crashing through the water, and it doesn't stop until it's burrowed into the ocean floor. And then even further, surprisingly, into an underground, high-tech facility. Well, Docs doesn't know it yet, as he explains uh, he's traveled to Earth for the sole purpose of seeking out and killing his evil father Brainiac. He doesn't know it, but he and Largand have stumbled upon the Cadmus Project, a super science genetics lab that's been alternately a, a thorn in Superman's side and a staunch ally. The technology Docs finds there he considers impressive, and he doesn't impress easily. He finds it potentially useful in locating his father. I guess it's too bad that Cadmus Security is right on it, led by the Guardian. Man, I love that Jack Kirby-designed blue and gold outfit. It also sucks that Cadmus's telepath, Double X, has sensed Docs's presence, and mistaking him for the Brainiac, he sounds a red alert. Before getting jumped by the Guardian and security, Docs gives Largan a little family history. Vril Sr. was a selfish, evil scientist on their home planet Kolu. He helped the conquering computer tyrants enslave their race in exchange for the freedom to pursue his research, and also for a young clone of himself to assist him. When Vril Sr. had gained enough knowledge to become a threat to the tyrants, they destroyed his body and turned the clone, Vril Jr., over to the Invasion Force. This was the collection of alien races who were the antagonists in 1988's big event, Invasion. Vril II eventually escaped his captors, formed Legion, and overthrew the computer tyrants on Kolu. This story was told in the, the first story arc in the Legion title. For this little mission, however, Vril seems to have gone rogue, as his Legion team, including Lobo, Stealth, Larissa Maller, Strata, Faze, and Lady Quark has followed their obsessed leader to Earth. When they get to Earth, they find Superman searching the ocean for Dox's ship, but they mistake him for Largand, and Lobo is a shoot-first, ask-questions-later kind of guy, so this leads to a little dust-up with the Man of Steel. Chapter 2, called Discoveries. I actually had to double-check the credits for the artwork as I was shocked 
at what I saw. I didn't... I hadn't read this story for a long time before refreshing my memory for this podcast episode. I had totally forgotten that this annual marks the return of John Byrne to Superman. He was, of course, famously one of the architects of Superman's reboot following the crisis on Internet Earths and left after working two years on the project. But here he is, back inking Kurt Swan on this one chapter of a Superman annual. And this artwork is great, honestly, maybe my favorite 18 pages of Kurt Swan work ever. Burns and Swan styles are kind of a odd match. They kind of struggle back and forth through this chapter for dominance. There are panels that look pure Swan, some look like pure Burn. Uh, but it's an odd match that produces great results. The whole book actually has a kind of a dark, muted look. And an almost excessive use of Zipatone, which I've never really been sure whose responsibility it is to use the, the customizable pattern that helps lend shading to artwork. Not sure if it's the inker, the colorist, but with the number of artists on this book, I'm going to guess it's Glenn Whitmore, the colorist, who were to credit with the Zipatone as it's, it's consistent throughout the whole issue. Well, this little misunderstanding between Superman, Lobo, and the Legion gets worked out, though mention of the name Docs seems to be of some concern to Superman. He's obviously thinking of his great foe, Brainiac. Recognizing under the ocean a Cadmus evacuation tunnel and seeing Docs' ship down there with his X-ray vision, Superman decides to lead the team down to retrieve their leader. Down below, Docs and Largan have split up. Lar is dealing with the security detail, while Docs, after knocking out Double X, is scouring the Cadmus computer for information on his father. Well, he finds some information. He's brought up to date on more recent events in Brainiac's history. The computer tyrants had destroyed his body, but not his mind, which had somehow found its way to Earth and inhabited the body of a circus mentalist. There, he met and fought Superman, confronted Lex Luthor, and after regaining his own body, or one just like it, had recently left Earth for parts unknown. This last fact is disappointing to Vril, as he feels like he may have lost his opportunity to, to catch his father. Meanwhile, Largand is laying a beat down on the Guardian, but this is interrupted by Superman. And what follows is a four-page brawl, which might be something of a Legion of Superhero fans' dream fight, or maybe worst nightmare. Superman and Largand going at it, blow for blow. And Largand actually seems to be gaining the upper hand. Chapter 3, illustrated by Kerry Gamble and Dick Giordano, begins with the Legion ship entering the facility. And to end the fight between Superman and Largand, it uses a nerve blast, which they shoot their own guy, stunning Largand. Lobo, sad he missed this clash of titans, loses all self-control and just attacks Superman. And this gives a revived, though groggy Largand an opportunity to rejoin the fray, but Soups has had enough. Kind of like the, the Three Stooges' Moe, Grabs the two by the neck, and... Boop! 
smashes their heads together, definitively ending this fight. Superman then tries to sort out this mess, but meanwhile a disembodied voice revives the unconscious Double X and somehow assumes control of him. He sabotages the facility's nuclear reactor core, goes into meltdown, and an evacuation warning rings out throughout the complex. Superman and Largand realize they may be able to work together to solve the problem. They dig out the massive reactor, fly it through the atmosphere, and together throw it into the sun. Back at Cadmus, X releases a horde of monstrous genetic experiments from a sub-sub-sub-level <laughs> that even the Guardian knew nothing about. Superman and Legion beat back the creatures and locate their source along with Double X, who has no knowledge of his actions. And there, Superman and Vril Docs have a, a heated exchange. Superman failing to understand Docs' compulsion to kill his father, and Docs justifying the existence of Legion and lecturing Supes on his inability to do any good beyond the Earth. This is interrupted by Double X, once again possessed by the voice. Here we learn it's Brainiac, who dares his son to come find him on their homeworld of Kolu. Dox is eager to take this bait, but stopped by Superman. And Supes is told that Dox still intends to kill his father. He pledges, if Dox is successful, to bring young Vril to justice. Now, this is a, a very Superman thing to say, and I love him for it. On the last page of the book, we see Brainiac on Kolu, and in that great villainous way, issues a monologue-like threat, saying basically, Come, my son, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. We're told to check out the conclusion of this story in Legion 90, Annual, number one. This is a very fine setup to the next part of the adventure. Jurgens layers all kind of significance, not only short-term, Brainiac 1 and 2 stuff, but with this historic meeting between Clark Kent and Lara Gand, at least this version of the character. This kind of lays groundwork for stories set two, three years down the road, up to a thousand years in the future, which is kind of what the, the title I'll be talking about next did on a regular basis. L-E-G-I-O-N was, in a way, documenting the prehistory of the United Planets, the stomping grounds of the 31st century Legion of Superheroes. And the Superman annual was, of course, beautifully drawn. I'd say more than half the time, five artists are involved in a single issue that artwork is not going to look good. <laughs> but here, considering the, the names, the talent involved, that just isn't the case. The artwork is great. And as I mentioned before, Glenn Whitmore's unusually dark, muted colors give the, the entire work a consistent look. All right, next up, Legion 90. Annual number one. Do you enjoy time travel in general and the Silver Age of comic books in particular? If so, join me each week on the Superman Fan Podcast. My name is Billy Hogan and I will be your host. Together we'll crash through the time barrier and fly into the past to explore the Silver Age adventures of Superman. One week we will take a look at the Superman family of titles. 
Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, World's Finest Comics, and soon, Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane. The next week, we will feature the Man of Steel's titles, Superman and Action Comics, which will include the Supergirl stories during her run in the back of that title. You can join me each week on Wednesday or Thursday at the supermanfanpodcast.blogspot.com, which is available on iTunes. And your emails are always welcome at supermanfanpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to wear your red indestructible cape. Vril Docs first appeared in exactly one panel of a 1964 Superman comic, introduced as the adopted son of Brainiac. And he didn't appear again until 1988's Invasion series. Legion, then called L-E-G-I-O-N-89, was a title which spun out of that crossover event. And it was one of two very successful spin-off titles, the other being Justice League Europe. And Legion featured Vril Dox and his team of interstellar peacekeepers, part outer space shield, part prehistoric Legion of Superheroes. One major difference between L-E-G-I-O-N and the Legion of Superheroes is that the team of future super teens was, for much of its existence, a club for superheroes from various worlds who wanted to hang together. L-E-G-I-O-N was also made up of quote-unquote heroes gathered from various worlds, but in many cases these were beings manipulated by Vril Docs into participating, or in other cases, galactic misfits with nowhere else to go. So Legion, despite Vril Docs's iron fist at the rudder, directing operations, uh, never was the smoothly gelled team that the Legion of Superheroes often was. Lobo was often at the center of team squabbles, and that's the case at the opening of Annual number one, as, as the team reluctantly accompanies Docs on his crusade to Kolu to execute his father. This story, called Childhood's End, is written by Alan Grant, illustrated by Jim Fern and Jeff Albrecht, colored by Lovern Kinzierski, lettered by John Workman, and edited by Art Young. The checkerboard throwback cover was illustrated by Jerry Bingham, shows a young Vril at the mercy of his old man, receiving a brain blast while Superman tussles with Lobo in the background. Cover copy is exciting. Because you demanded it. Father versus son. Vril Docs versus Brainiac. This cover isn't quite as eye-catching as the Adventures of Superman one. You know, the most prominent feature, Vril Docs's tortured face, seems a little misproportioned. Kind of sets the whole thing off. Uh, but I really dig the interior art, which shows the the team en route to Kolu. A card game helps pass the time until Lobo loses control over something, starts a bar fight on their on their small ship. When Docs calls Lobo into the principal's office, Larissa Maller expresses some doubt, wonders aloud whether this mission is proof that Docs has lost grip on reason. Also doubting Docs's intentions is Superman, who's taken Dox's little ship left on Earth in the first part of this crossover. And uh, you know, I know this is a superhero comic, and I'm suspending a lot of belief, but 
Superman says that Double X from the Cadmus Project has programmed the ship to home in on Vril Dox's brainwaves. Uh, when I say this out loud, it sounds a little lame, but whatever. It, it works. Superman's pursuing this matter. He's seeing it through. Well, we jump to Kolu and see that uh, things are unsettled. Brainiac Senior rules with a small group of followers, but they're under constant attack by rebels loyal to Vril Jr. Brainiac Six, a new genetic experiment on a group of rebels, a giant yeti-like creature, chews off the heads of a few and swats a few others away. The Legion cruiser arrives in Kolu's atmosphere, and Doc sends Largand and Lady Quark ahead as the attack vanguard, while he issues a video threat to his father demanding his surrender. He tries putting up a detached front, but Brainiac, calling this crusade childish, causes Doc to, to lose control of his emotions, and this is a great illustrated sequence by Fern and Albrecht. Brainiac's wide-eyed resistance and Vril Dox's anger just leap right off the page. The Legion team makes planet fall, but runs into all kinds of resistance from Loyalist troops, the Yeti creature, and Brainiac's mental powers. They split into teams, Scooby-style, and Dox and Lady Quark end up cornering Brainiac in some sub-basement where Brainiac gives Vril the Darth Vader speech. You know, we can rule the universe together, yada, yada, yada. But when Brainiac is refused, he lays a mental blow on Vril. Brainiac's surprised, however, that Vril is able to resist his power. Same can't be said for Dox's teammates, who have apparently caught up, and Brainiac puts a mental whammy on Larissa Maller, who aims a pistol at Vril and fires. Dox revives in a, a large courtroom. Now we switch genres from space opera to courtroom drama, with cameras recording for all of Kolu to see. Brainiac tries Vril for what? Well, treason against Kolu, crimes against his comrades, too numerous to mention, and attempted patricide. Brainiac calls the members of Legion to the stand one by one, and each testifies truthfully, even though they're still under Brainiac's sway, to what a horrible boss, a horrible person, Vrildox has been to each of them. He's exposed Largan to lead, his one weakness to keep him in line. He lords over Telepath, the fact that Vril once saved his life. He's made Faze's life a living hell, ever since she'd been swapped through time with Dox's closest friend. It's a long story. Uh, each one has his or her say until Brainiac asks for a verdict, and in unison the group gives the thumbs down, sentencing Dox to death. Well, it's a good thing Superman has the best timing in the universe as he swoops in from Kaluan orbit and frees Dox from the clutches of his mind-controlled comrades, who were actually carrying out the sentence themselves. They were piling on their boss. Brainiac is, of course, shocked to see his greatest enemy come to his son's rescue, but Lobo, always happy to brawl with Big Blue, separates himself and Superman as they continue their little tete-a-tete -tete in space. 
A stray rifle finds its way into the arms of Vril Dox, and he bounces a blast off Brainiac's skull, incapacitating his father and releasing his teammates from mind control. Dox surprises the rest of Legion when he suggests leaving Brainiac's fate to the people of Kolu. He arranges to put the sentencing up to a, an instantaneous worldwide vote, kind of like American Idol, though. Obviously, no cash prize is at stake. Larissa Maller is suspicious of Doc's change of plan, and a quick peek through some centralized computer records reveal that the, the populace of Kolu has been under Vril Dox's sway ever since he and Legion liberated the planet from the computer tyrants. He'd been using something called an enhanced charisma perception of himself, and Dox's influence would guarantee that the Kaluans would vote any way he wanted. So the whole worldwide jury thing was just a sham, just as Brainiac's trial of his own son, moments before, was similarly fixed. Like father, like son. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, insert your preferred cliché here. Superman has witnessed this revelation from a distance and wonders why. Now that Legion has been released from Brainiac's control, why is Lobo still pounding on him? Well, with a smile on his face, Lobo replies that he just likes a good fragging fight. Superman says, enough of this, and flies away to confront Vril Dox, lecturing him on his methods. Once again, this distraction allows a recovered Brainiac to flee in his robot skull ship which enters warp space before anyone can intercept it. Superman makes nice with Legion, shaking Largan's hand. That's nice to see. And even Vril Doxes, though, he squeezes in one more mini-lecture about how tyrants of any kind are bad and asks Dox to, to think about this. Dox promises to do so, but in a private moment at the close of the story proves he hasn't changed. He has no intention of changing as he vows to kill his father when next they meet. Uh, what a good conclusion to this crossover adventure, providing some insight into the twisted Doc's psyche. I encourage you to seek these two comics out, like many of the comics covered on this show. Neither has, to this point, been collected, uh, but the Legion issue is available digitally. The Superman one? Huh, not yet. Can't find that one on Comixology. Uh, but they're both kind of surprisingly good rereads. I I was kind of late to the whole L-E-G-I-O-N thing. When this book originally came out, I kind of wrote it off as an irrelevant Legion of Superheroes spin-off, but now I realize I wasn't giving it a fair shake. It did tie into the early five years later run of LSH. There were some parallels that didn't really rely on each other. It wasn't necessary to read both to enjoy each series, but I'd say they enriched each other and did this going forward, even through a major reboot in Legion history. L-E-G-I-O-N tied into post-Zero Hour Legion in a couple of surprising ways, uh, but Legion was a title that really could, or and did, stand on its own. And going back and rereading it, a big part of its success to me was that characterization of real docs. Conflicted characters are often the best realized, and I'm certain the most fun to write. 
Dox was such a bastard, yet a bastard whose actions were always, though sometimes circuitously, in service to the greater good. Eventually, this characterization and personality would be inherited, in part, by distant descendant Brainiac V, after he and some of his comrades in the Legion of Superheroes were fine-tuned in the aforementioned reboot, and this sharp, sarcastic, more distant Brainy became my favorite version of the character, and actually my favorite Legionnaire of all time. Now what if that Brainiac Five got the chance to interact with his distant ancestors? Well, that did happen. Spoiler alert, Viraldox's quest to bring his father to ultimate justice doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, but they would meet again a few years after these stories were published. Though that meeting wouldn't be between two Brainiacs, but between three. And that meeting is going to be covered on a near future episode of My Favorite Kaluan. Just wait to hear the story about the Brainiacs 3. It's the absolute doxiest. I'll be putting some images from these issues up on the show's blog, imthegun.blogspot.com. There you'll find some contact info should you want to talk about Brainiacs 1, 2, 5, any of the Brainiacs, really. Okay, that'll do it, humans. So until next time, LOL. Live on...